I wrestled for the United States of America as a 15 year old. I qualified to be oh, on the, cool. at the at the uh, world team trials and wrestled in South Africa and Russia. And then just wrestled as a 40 year old, first time in 18 years in nationals, separated my shoulder and the first 25 seconds of the match <laughs> broke my rib uh, eight, eight days before the match started. And I got sixth in the nation. So that's pretty good as a washed that's up a old, old, old guy. guy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. On this week's so episode couple... of the Selling Podcast, we are joined by a wrestling superstar. He is a two-time state wrestling champion, junior college champion, and he did that with a broken hand, mind you. And at 15 years old, he qualified for world team trials. Today, we're not going to be talking about wrestling, although highly entertaining, and we should. Our guest has done a wonderful job as the VP of sales at Legacy Power. All right, we're recording. With over 50 years and millions of worldwide traveled miles between the two of us, we have tasted defeat and relished in sweet, sweet victory. Looking for inspirational entertainment, motivation, and practical insights to drive your business? Welcome to The Selling Podcast. We are joined by Ashton Buswell. Ashton, welcome to The Selling Podcast. Hey, Ashton. Thanks, man. Excited to be here. All right. Now, tell us this story. You decided to go back to wrestling for a little bit. And tell us the story that you were just sharing that you decided, hey, I, th I think I'll venture in to wrestling again after a few years. Yeah, what makes that I have... a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I had a couple friends that were, so I'm 40, and I had uh, a couple friends that last year and the year before wrestled at the U.S. Open for old guys. I didn't realize it was the Nationals, but I got myself into decent shape last year, and I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go this year. So I... Went back and wrestled and at the end of August and did pretty well for uh, an old guy anyway. So Did pretty yeah. well. How well did you do? I got sixth. I got sixth in the nation. With, uh, <laughs> that was I, separated, I, I separated my shoulder in the first 25 seconds of the, my first match. Wrestled 11 matches in under 22 hours. I had wrestled actually two different styles. A Greco-Roman style where you only can touch the waist up. And you're just picking up each other and throwing each other and freestyle where you can touch legs and do all that. And I got sixth in both of those. So yeah, Mike, I have a hard crazy. time. I have a hard time just like bending over at 40, just trying to touch <laughs> my toes. Like picking up a kid is like, ah, oh, this is dreadful. I can't imagine picking up another human being and trying to toss them. And I've had a broken <laughs> rib and that's not a picnic. So I don't know how you did that. Yeah. Ashton, apparently it was adre adrenaline, mostly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Well, Ashton, you and I, we've known each other for a while. And you've done a great job at Legacy Power. And we wanted to talk to you a little bit about what you're doing in sales. Because you continue to grow. Legacy Power is, they're huge. Based out of Lehigh. But you were sharing a stat with uh, one of the largest privately held power solar companies in the nation. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Legacy's growing like crazy. Solar is a really great industry to be in. Uh, we've had ups and downs just like any company, but we at different stages were for sure the fastest growing solar company in the country. And right now, I mean, it's hard to say when you're a private company, but we're, we're definitely in the top like three or four private companies in the country 
uh, and are, are still growing. We're still growing leaps and bounds, which is really exciting. That's cool. How did you get into sales, Ashton? Because I'm, I'm trying to connect the wrestling to sales, I'm trying to find this, some kind of analogy, and I'm just, I'm struggling here. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 it's a great question. I actually got into sales because of a guy that I wrestled. So I, I uh, wrestled in high school and college. I actually, the only guy I lost to my junior year of high school wrestling recruited me into sales. I, uh, I dropped, I dropped 10 pounds. I dropped 10 pounds in two days to wrestle him. Cause I was beating tons of people and he was really good. And he beat me, poked me in the eye and, and uh, he ended up beating me, but I came home from a, a Mormon mission and his dad was the state coach for the wrestling. And he said, my, but my son, Brandon, he's out knocking doors doing sales. You would be really good, Ashton. You work really hard. You would be really good. I'll, I'm going to have him call you when he gets home. And, and, uh, so he called me, he said, Hey man, we, you, you can make a lot of money in sales and, and we go door to door selling satellite dishes. You should do it. And I, I gave it a go and, and, uh, and I've done it ever since. So that was 2005. I've been in sales ever since 2005. And he just said, work like you're at a wrestling practice or in the wrestling room. And I was like, okay, I know how to work hard. So it's, <laughs> it's been history since then. Yeah. But there's, there's a lot of things that they teach in wrestling too. And I know this because, uh, Way back in the Stone Age when I was in high school, I had a kid that I played football with, and we competed for second-string quarterback. <laughs> How do you compete for second-string, right? I was competing for a second-string quarterback with him, and I finally beat him out. And he threatened me. He said, just wait. We'll get on the wrestling mat, and then we'll see who's better. And <laughs> I outweighed him by 20 pounds. Uh, and he just kicked my butt all over the wrestling mat. And I thought, okay, he knows something I don't. So, yeah, how to wrestle. <laughs> well, that was one of them, yeah. But he understood the leverage and everything. How does that translate into your approach in sales, what you're doing in sales? Is knowing what you're doing a big part of it? Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the, one of the things I love about wrestling and, and, and sales, I actually love recruiting wrestlers and farmers they know how to work they're accountable uh and particularly with wrestling the the wrestlers they're strong mentally like you're you're physically the exact same but you're strong mentally and and my new sport has become sales sales is awesome i love sales <laughs> it's it's the money is great in it but really i'm just competing and one of the things mike of about wrestlers in sales is that they understand how to work and they understand accountability and in a wrestling match, it's just you and one other guy. You can't blame it on a teammate. Every once in a while, you can blame it on the ref, but you should be good enough that you take it out of the ref's hands. But really, it's it's you and one other person. And in sales, it's got to be the same way. And so a lot of things for me that's translated in wrestling is I take accountability and I work my guts out. Like you've talked about the knowledge. That guy knew more than you. You weighed more than him. In sales, I got to just keep beating on my craft all of the time and take the accountability on myself to become better. And I, and I think that there's a lot of benefits from that, that upbringing of wrestling that's translated over to sales. No question. No question. Ashton, most people in summer sales, when they're doing solar, when they're doing um, security or pest control, they usually jump out like myself. And they usually jump out after a certain period of time. There's two people that I know, you're one of the two, that have stuck with it and have done very well. Why did you decide to stick with it? So my first summer selling, the guy said to me, he's like, hey, man, you can bust your tail and go make $20,000 in a summer. 
And I was like, man, if I can just work my guts out and then focus on grades and girls, that'll be awesome. You know? Mm-hmm. And I doubled what I, I doubled that my first summer I made 40 and, and then, and then I kept going, um, partly because I thought that door to door sales was going to be the best training ground for the rest of my life in sales. I actually wasn't anticipating and continuing to be in door to door sales. And, and I did it for six years. I sold satellites for three years. I did alarms for three years. And I actually got out for a minute, Scott. You maybe didn't know that. I got out. I moved to San Diego, started some businesses with my brother. He said, dude, if you can do door-to-door sales, you can start any business with me. I've got lots of different ideas. Come come, start some businesses with me. So we, we started those businesses together. I was out of door-to-door sales for three years. And then I got roped back into it in, with solar. And I've been in solar for eight and a half years. But I, I got really good at the skill set, and the, because it's the pit of sales, you can make a great income because the, the commissions are so great. And, and I've, I've fallen into solar, and I've been in here for a long time, and I, I absolutely love the sell. It's like one of the best sells. And I did a few other things between satellites and alarms. Uh, for those couple of years, and I just I just love it. So it's it it happens to be door to door sales. At this point, most of my sales aren't door to door. I tr- I'm really good at door to door, and I train guys at door to door. But most of my sales are are referral based. But um, I don't know, man. I just I've I've just enjoyed the face to face and gotten really good at it. So I stuck with it. Now you said something at the beginning. You said you had some unusual or unique kind of training ideas. I want to dive into that. Because I, I use card tricks to emphasize my points, but I want to mm. hear what yours are. Yeah, yeah. They're I, not tricks, Mike. Mike, they're they're you don't do card magic. tricks. Okay, you magic. do you do yeah, you do hocus pocus <laughs> stuff. I'll have to see with some of your hocus pocus stuff. That sounds interesting. I would love to see that, that training. Well, I've got I've got two things that are kind of random, like but they help salespeople and and I thought for your listeners it would be a, some good things to share. So one of the things that sales guys need to get really good at that is a very basic thing but sometimes it's hard to do is just asking for the sell and and my my wife's uncle said to me one time he's like ashton the reason you're good at sales is just because you ask for it you ask for the business i'm like yeah isn't that what you're supposed to do he's like not everybody does they'll give all these benefits and features and they'll and then they'll be like so it's great right and they won't say will you buy from me and and uh, that's an important thing to do. So uh, an exercise. Rule number one. Yeah. Rule, rule number, number one. one of sales. You don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to ask for the business. So a way that I have uh, an exercise that has actually made me or saved me a lot of money and that I train my salespeople on doing is to ask for free stuff all of the time. And it, it doesn't hurt you. I, I'll go just about anywhere and I'll ask for a discount. Or I'll ask for free things. And I actually learned this at, at, when I was at UNC. It, I, it blew my mind. I was a 21-year-old guy. I was, I was going to the beach with a guy. We were driving up to, to Burger King. And the guy says, watch this. I'm going to get some free fries. And I was like, what? So we pull in the drive-thru. And I order my burger, my Whopper and fries. And he says, and I, I just want to get a Whopper. And do you guys have any free fries today? And the lady in the drive-thru is like, What? And he said, well, do you got any free fries? She said, no, but you can buy some fries. And he's like, no, I don't want to buy any. I just, I was just hoping you guys had some free fries. That it'd be really awesome if you had some free fries. 
And she was like, well, we don't, but your total is going to be this. And we drove up and I was like, what? And he's like, dude, watch, just watch. And then sure enough, two bags came out, my Whopper and fries, his Whopper, and it had fries in there. And my mind was blown. I was like, what? You can ask for free fries and get them? <laughs> that blow, that's crazy. And he said, yeah, man, I just, I ask for free stuff everywhere I go. So I, I started getting in the habit to do that. And I've saved thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars at this point, saved money on my mortgage. Uh, I just taught this to one of my sales guys and he's like, dude, I had to get a new roof and I asked for a discount and I saved $2,000. And I'm like, sweet, man, I'm saving you money. But what it does, and my, my wife sometimes she'll be like, oh man, here we go. Because she, she knows I'm going to ask for a discount. <laughs> what it does is it strengthens my muscle for asking. And if they say no to me, it's okay. I'll still buy it. I'm still planning on buying whatever it is. I, I haven't gone to a hotel and not got a discount at a hotel for years. I get a discount every time. Usually it's like 10 bucks, 20 bucks. Who cares? If they told me no, I'd say, oh, darn, are you sure? I'm a good guy. You got any good guy discounts? I, I have four daughters. I'm a really good guy. I'm a really good dad. If you got any discount, you know, it'd be a good guy discount. I, I'd be that guy, right? And so I'm, I'm asking for the discount everywhere I go. And in sales, if sales guys can get in that habit, now, if there's too many of us asking for discounts, people are going to be like, what's going on? We got to stop asking for discounts. But what it does is it strengthens my muscle to ask for the business. I'm not afraid to have, to have somebody tell me no on a discount. I'm not afraid to ask for the business if it's a small order, a big order, whatever, because my muscle of asking for the business is I'm asking for a discount at basically everywhere I go. So, Ashton, I'm going to circle. I'm going to circle back around and ask you where the weirdest place you've received a discount is. And before we get your answer, Mike, what's something that you've done and I've done, and it's worked more for you than for me? When you show up at a hotel, what do you typically ask for, Mike? Doesn't matter where I'm at. I always ask for the presidential suite. And and I ever <laughs> since matter. I, I I think you told me that like seven years ago, and I started trying it. Mike, it's done nothing for me. It's done absolutely <laughs> nothing for me. But you've had a different type of success with it. I, I've I've picked up a three three floor presidential suite in San Diego at the Marriott just by asking. That's Got my regular ridiculous. regular one hundred and fifty dollar rate. I had three whole floors all to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so my my wife hates this because I have a similar tendency. And she was at, I think it was like Marshall's or TJ Maxx or something. And there was this really cool foosball table. And it was nice. It was, the foosball table was on sale. And I think it was, I want to say it was like $400 or something like that. And she called me up and she says, hey, Scott, I think I'm going to get it. What do you think? And I said, well, here's what I think. I don't want to spend more than $150 for it. And she says, well, but it's really, really nice. And I said, yeah, I know, but not something we need. I said, why don't you go find a manager and ask to see if you can get it for $150? And she says, you've got to be kidding me. And I said, well, it's either the answer is no, or you can go ask. And so she went and asked, and sure enough, the manager says, 150? Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do 150. And so she walked out with this sweet foosball table for $150. She was totally embarrassed. But Ashton, to your point, all you need to do is ask because people are willing to do it. Yeah, just got to so, ask for it. Cir circling all the way back. Ashton, the weirdest place you've asked for a discount Dude, is... I, I can't, I honestly can't think of like a, <laughs> like the, the weirdest place. I mean, I, at restaurants, at normal, normal restaurants, I, I, I taught this to, I, I work with the youth at church and I taught this to my boys and one of my boys like instantly did it. And he got a, for the price of a large or medium drink, 
he got a free Chick-fil-A sandwich. And now Chick-fil-A may not be excited about hearing me say that, but he got a, he got a free, I got a free sandwich. He got a large drink for the price of a medium drink. Cause he was just like, Hey man, do you guys got any free stuff? Any, any chance I can get a free, a free sandwich today? And the guy was like, yeah, we can do that today. <laughs> he hooked him up. So, I, I don't know that I have a, uh, they said, it's my pleasure. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's my pleasure. I like your, I like your whole idea of the, I'm a good guy. The good guy discount. Good I, guy I might discount. try that later today. <laughs> yeah. Good guy. Discount. So the the fundamental thought process, though, it makes sense. Like you need to get in the in the you need to get in that in that rhythm of asking for things, because too many times we just assume, oh, I'm not going to get the sale. I'm not going to be able to do that, or I'm not going to be able. And we get in this this negative rut. But when you start asking, yeah, you're going to get rejection which it teaches you about rejection, but it also teaches you the ability to ask. Ashton, that's really cool. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Yeah, and I, I like, it, I like. it, it transfers in sales, like as a direct salesperson, it also transfers into management, it transfers into you with your kids, like whatever, like it transfers all over the place. If you don't ask for things, you're not going to get in. So get, build up that muscle to ask. Mike, with the selling podcast, I'd like a raise. You can get it. I'll, give, I'll pay you double what I'm paying you now. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. It's still all free. Fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Ashton, so that's number one. Number one. You said you had another one. Okay. I'm excited. Number, number one, two. number two. We sell the way that we buy. Okay. So whenever we're selling, if how we buy something is going ref- to kind of show its head in how we're selling. So lots of times people are, that may be real analytical are selling in an analytical way to somebody that isn't analytical. They, they don't really care about all the, you know, things, but, but because that's the way that they buy, they figure that's what, how everybody else buys. And, and all of us in sales, we want the business faster than slower. If we can decrease our cycle time and our sales cycle in any way, then that's good for us. Right. Uh, and so, with the with the sales, the um, one of the ways that you can overcome, or not overcome, but get in the habit of having a, a faster cycle time is you as a salesperson buy faster. Okay, so one of the exercises that I ask my sales guys to get in the habit of is when they go to a restaurant. Every time they go to a restaurant, quickly pick what they want and be done. Don't wait around. Don't look through every little piece. Don't look through every little thing. When they get in there, have an idea what they want, find it and shut the thing. Be one of the first ones to have the menu done and ready, set, go. I know what I want right away. By the time they come out and say, what do you want your drinks? You say, we're ready to order. Uh, When people can do that, what they're doing is they're building up the muscle of buying quickly and expecting the, when you because if that's the way that you buy, you're going to expect other people to buy from you quickly, and that'll just come across in your tone and your expectations, and that will help you to speed up your sales uh, cycle. So, order your things at the restaurant quickly, and that makes perfect sense because I decided to buy a house, I bought a house, and sold my house in three days. There you go. That's that's. <laughs> That's as fast as I've ever done anything. I don't even order dinner at a restaurant that fast. That's, that's crazy. But I like Which the idea. Not, I was just saying, I decided to sell my car three months ago, and I'm still <laughs> sitting with it. 
So I like the, I like the thought process, Ashton, because it's if you can train your mind, and it, it goes back to your whole methodology with wrestling, hiring for the people who have that work ethic. That that's kind of the unknown, right? You just never can prove yourself. You can you can look good on a resume. You can bluff your way through a, an interview, but look for someone that has that kind of track record and that kind of work ethic. That's kind of the unknown. But then train yourself to ask the right question, ask for the sale, ask for the business, and then also do it quickly. I like yeah. that. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you hear people coming back to you and say they struggle with that? With ordering quickly, that that exercise. Yeah, with ordering quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes people they'll come back and say, "Man, I never really noticed that that I take a long time, but I do." And not not that that's like the indicator of like, oh, dude, you, you must buy really slow. Like that's, that's definitely not mm-hmm. the indicator, right? It's how somebody orders their food. It can be really different to how they want to buy a car, right? Or how they want to buy something else. But, um, but I have had people come back and, and say, I never really noticed that, that, that I took so long. And I'm, I'm trying to go faster and I'm going faster. And it's just helping like their overall like, experience of like okay i maybe i need to be quicker at all these exercises and then maybe i'm selling maybe i'm expecting people to buy slowly because that's how i buy and when i do this exercise with my sales team i'll usually go around the room and ask two or three people how they buy a car like what's your process mm-hmm. when you buy a car and and do you go do you go to the dealership do you go to multiple dealerships do you just go to one dealership do you test drive it right i kind of go through a few different things with them on, on their experience on how they buy a car. And it's interesting to hear within your sales teams who, how they buy the car, because you can say, cool, man, I can totally see that, that, that that's actually how you sell. I can see that that's how you're explaining how you buy the car is, is how you're, you're selling. I can totally see it. And it helps me as a manager to, to then know a little bit more about how I can guide them if they're stumbling at a certain, uh, you know, a few certain places, but the feedback when they are going to the restaurant has been, wow, I never really realized that I took so long. So anyway. That's really interesting because typically when I go to a restaurant, I'm asking the waiter, waitress, and I'm saying, hey, what do you recommend? You know, here's some of the things I like. Here's some of the things I don't like. You know your menu better than I do. What are some of the things you recommend? And so they usually give me one or two, and I usually go with the first one. The reason I share that, though, is because I did that same thing as you're pointing out. I did the same thing when buying a car. Like I went to to multiple dealerships, the salesperson, and I said, "Hey, here's how many kids I have. Here's what I'm looking for. What do you suggest?" Hmm. And I do the same thing in many different areas when I'm purchasing. I'm asking the salesperson for their recommendation, assuming that they know their stuff best. Um, and yeah, that's that's fascinating because. I definitely see that translating into the way I sell as well. Hmm. It's, it's kind of understanding the social dynamic, right? Everybody has a way of buying the social skills, the social selling and social buying skills, recognizing that mimicking it and adapting it to the individual, knowing the customer. Yeah. Totally. Kind of like knowing, knowing, knowing the weakness of your wrestling partners, right? Yeah. It's interesting because we've, we've spoken to a lot of people in different types of sales, we've spoken with the, with the more of the complex. When we take a look at you know some IT sales, we've t- spoken to hospital, 
type sales. Um, we've had several people on that are different areas of sales to focus on solar sales, where it's very much a, hey, it's a faster sale typically than somebody doing a whole enterprise purchase. And so it it's a different skill set in a way, but it's fun to hear that it's pretty much the same. Like people still need to be sold. People still need to have all the information. You still need to ask for the sale. There's a lot of those components that no matter what type of sale it is, it's, it's, it's sales. Yeah, yeah. Sales is sales. So many things translate from one industry to another industry. Uh, the sell cycle and different things might be different, but I totally agree. If you're, if you're, if you can hone in your skills, get good at asking for the business. And, and one of your podcasts before that I listened to is really not necessarily that I know a ton more than the customer does, right? They have, we all have the internet. We can all research tons of stuff and know tons of the answers. My job is to, to be really good at helping you decipher through all the information decipher through all the information to get you to where um you know where you feel good about moving forward and then i ask you for the business and then we move forward so awesome that's awesome we can set up a second time because i've got other questions for you ashton when it comes to picking the right person for the job where do you look for the a how do you determine the work ethic but b are you looking for inspiration or are you looking for motivation for your sales reps and I'll, I'll leave that and we'll kind of feed that for the next time. Okay, sounds good. Ashton, if, if somebody wants solar or if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do it? Um, probably just call me. Should I put my phone number out there on the Cosmos <laughs> or, or should I do an email or what do you think? You're ready, to be, you're ready to be an internet sensation? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get a hold of Ashton, you can reach him at his LinkedIn page. I'll have that linked in the show notes below. And it's, so if you want solar as well, you can get it through there. Ashton, thanks so much for taking the time to to uh, come on and speak with us and sharing those tips. Those are great. Like yeah. next time I go to a restaurant, you know, I'm not only going to be asking for free stuff, but I'm going to be so self conscious about how I order. <laughs> Ask me to be amazing. Yeah. Got to do it fast. <laughs> You're a good guy. Ask do it fast. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> Ashton, thanks so much for making the time. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks, Ashton. guys. We'll do it again. Okay. We'll see you. Bye bye. and that's basically all you need to know yeah. and then from there it's just small small details so <laughs> okay paint in the small details for me how did what's the connection? <laughs> scott's cousin mark and i became best friends at rick's college now byu idaho i was the uh, i was on the wrestling team but my my main thing with him and his buddy dan was i was their basketball coach for their intramural basketball team so his Cousin still calls me coach to this day, <laughs> and I know nothing. I know nothing about basketball, and I don't know nothing about. But I suck at basketball. But I was like, you know what? We need a coach that shows up in a shirt and tie and brings oranges for halftime. So that was my job. I didn't tell him what to do. I, like what, it. I kept track. I kept track of the fouls and and uh, like oranges it. and a, a shirt and tie. And then Scott. So Scott obviously is really close with his cousin mark and they all became really good friends and so i i didn't we weren't ever roommates but they were roommates together we were kind of roommates together but not all at the same time so awesome awesome yeah the only intramural basketball team with a coach